Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pitch Life Podcast. The Premier League is well and truly underway and we've had about uh, two to three game weeks now since the restart after the World Cup ended. And in this episode, we're going to take a look back at how some of the teams have fared, how they're dealing with the burden of expectations and so on. Here's the thing. I'm a Liverpool supporter, so it's been a it's been a very miserable time for me. And so fittingly, I've got another miserable person joining me. And you know what they say, misery just loves company. Joining me as usual is our very own Chelsea supporter, Mihir, who will be sharing his wit, knowledge and some of his suffering with us. You know, like he always does. Now, today is January 28th, right? The FA Cup is uh, going on. We've had some exciting games. We're going to take a look at what the league table looks like, and we're going to focus on the top four today as it stands. So we're looking at Arsenal, Manchester City, Newcastle United, and Manchester United. We're not going to take a look at Liverpool or Chelsea because as much as I have to admit that talking about their troubles is a very... Uh, appealing prospect. It's just something that we're going to put aside for now. We're not going to take a look at Spurs, who, let's face it, are pretty much meeting expectations by uh, struggling to qualify for the Champions League. We're not going to talk about Brighton, who are, you know, defying expectations and getting along as if Graham Potter never even existed. We could talk about relegation candidates Everton, who just sacked uh, Frank Lampard, uh, to hear how we feel about, or rather what we think about, uh, Lampard sacking and how it'll impact his uh, managerial career. You could listen to one of our previous episodes. I think it was uh, episode four from early on this season, I think it was, to hear our thoughts about that. And well, it just to give you a brief, it sounds like his replacement at Everton is going to be Sean Dyche. So we know that in the future, we're going to have a lot of Klopp and Dyche uh, comments to comment on. But uh, yeah, Mayor, how do you feel? How do you feel after the restart? I'm just glad that Jurgen Klopp, Klopp, Jurgen Klopp, I've forgotten how to say his name. He's only been the manager of Liverpool for like, what, seven years? Only seven years, right? I just I just feel glad that he finally has his scapegoat back. You know, Sean Dyche back in the Premier League. I mean, for, forget whatever's happening. And and back with Everton, closer to home. Exactly, exactly. I mean, that... He, he, could, just, he could just stroll down to Sean Dyche's house and yell at him if he wanted to. Absolutely. We're going to have the blame game derby this season and and, oh, and the fantastic. next it's going to be amazing but anyway back to back to predictions right okay so these are the predictions that we had at the start of the season now you and i both of us had city finishing as champions which you know it still might happen we don't know uh, we had liverpool finishing second which i think at this point it's safe to say that it's definitely not happening are you sure yeah, I'm fairly certain. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think they'll finish in the top four. I still believe that they will because they've shown that they can go on a run of form and achieve the impossible. So I'm not counting them out. But they're not going to finish second, right? We had Spurs finishing third, which, I mean, at this stage, it still looks a bit unlikely, but you don't really know how it's going to pan out. And fourth place, in my opinion, is where... It gets interesting because I had Chelsea finishing fourth and you picked Arsenal. Now, clearly, you had a lot more faith in Arsenal since you probably suspected something unsavory brewing at Chelsea. I mean, they had their whole uh, saga with uh, Roman Abramovich having to sell the club and, you know, Tuchel, uh, you know, having to deal with all of that. So, so maybe that played a part in 
why you felt they wouldn't qualify for the Champions League. And to a certain degree, you've been proven right, but that's hardly a consolation now, is it? Uh, I'm just I'm just glad you were way off the mark with Arsenal. I mean, Europa League, they're 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 potentially champions elect now. But anyway, we'll 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 get to that. We'll get to that in a bit. I think with with Chelsea, I think you're right. Uh we were far past Roman Abramovich at that point. I think it was more the Todd Bowley issue that had me concerned and obviously sacking um Tuchel came you know, very close, right after that, closely yeah. after, you know, right after when we made these predictions. So, yeah, trouble was brewing and, and rightly so. Uh, I put them in fifth. Uh, I don't know why I did because we're far worse off at the moment. Um, yeah. I would have I would have loved the Europa League at this point in the season where we're, we're 10th. We're not even able to make half uh, our way halfway up the table. So, yeah, um, I think I think I gave them way too much credit looking at this um, set of predictions. But but. Uh, but I guess the silver lining for you as a Chelsea supporter is that in the January transfer window, Todd Bowley has just gone out and bought a new starting eleven. So you have that to look forward to. That's true. We have three sets of lineups now. So you know we could we could have a team C that plays I don't know in the women's league or maybe in the FA Cup or maybe maybe even in La Liga. Who knows? I mean he could he could ship an entire team out to Spain uh, to play against Barcelona one day. Um, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. But. In in any case, coming coming back to our predictions, Manchester City. It was a easy, straightforward choice for both of us. I think neither of us predicted the topsy turvy season we've had up to now. Maybe the World Cup has been a factor. I feel in the resurgence of certain other teams that you talked about, like Brighton, for example. You know where a lot of their players uh, were rested, were well rested, and I think they've 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 really re-energized their top four charge, if you will. Newcastle, another example of that. Um, but yeah, uh, we, we in in summary, I guess, you know, as as always, we couldn't have been further off the mark with these. Yeah, in, in true pitch life uh, manner, we've got it completely wrong. But, you know, let's take, let's take a few minutes to just look at Arsenal, right? Now, you had them finishing fourth. I had them finishing fifth. Do you have any regrets over your previous prediction? Like, do you feel like they've sort of defied the odds or were we just seeing something that we never expected to see? I'd say the latter. I think no one expected Arsenal to do as well as they have. Um, You do need a lot of luck in a title charge, especially in the Premier League. And I think they've had their share of lucks, right? They've had a few 3-2 narrow wins that they've eked out but that's what you need to be champions unless you're Manchester City of course where you steamroll everyone through but but Arsenal have been typical of what you would see from champions and it just goes to show the, the reason we put them fourth and fifth for example is 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 why we were all wrong about how the board have stuck with Arteta it it goes to show how sticking with a manager really helps right not just sticking with the manager, but also backing him. Backing him in the transfer market and then sticking with him. Are you listening, Todd Bowley? Yeah, you better be. But Arsenal fans, you know, they 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 must be surprised as well. I mean, it, it's not just us neutrals and outsiders who got it wrong. I'm, I'm I'm sure they didn't tip their team to be top of the table at the moment. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember speaking to Arsenal fans at the start of the season, and I don't think they predicted a, a you know championship uh, run, a title run. Uh, they they were optimistic on top four, but uh, definitely not a title charge. I feel they're 
they aren't optimistic even now, even though Arsenal are literally just battering the mid-table teams and really, really strategically winning against the top four. They're, they're, they're still not convinced. And I, and, and I feel this is, a, this is sort of a consequence of being burnt enough and being deprived of that sustained success since the Invincibles that they just have to be overly cautious until, I don't know, game week 37 when they're 10 points ahead and they'll be like, oh, maybe, maybe we'll win the title next game. Well, I mean, you can hardly blame them, though, can you? Because when you when you look at what the past few seasons have been, Manchester City have just been absolutely, absolutely dominant. I mean, I, I know that this might sound incredibly biased as a Liverpool fan, but the Liverpool team that we've seen up until this season has been one of the best in the Premier League. They've gone on winning runs. They've won games convincingly. They've won games the hard way. They've They've done everything right. And even then, for two seasons, they missed out on the title because they fell one point short behind Manchester City. And that just goes to show you exactly how strong Manchester City are. So not being optimistic, even at this stage, about winning the title is something that I can definitely understand because City, when you look at them, are really not that far behind. So tell me something. Arteta, we've we've discussed him in the past. We've discussed how trusting the process can reap benefits in the long term. Um, he was a student under Guardiola, if you could call it that, right? Um, do you think his time at Manchester City has made him the manager he is today? Do, do you think it is why he'll finally end up, you know, above Guardiola in the table? Someone, someone will finally end up wrestling the title away from Manchester City? It's, it's a difficult one to answer that because I think the question that we'd really have to ask Arsenal is even if they won the title this season what are they going to do about it next season? Because when Liverpool won, we thought, okay, you know what? We've got we've got contenders who are going to be there year after year. You know, it's not going to just be Manchester City dominating, but Liverpool have fallen off after winning that title. And they came close last season. They're nowhere close this season. For Arsenal, I think it's more of not just what happens this season, but also what happens in the seasons to come. Right? It, they, they can go on and win the title this season. But you have to agree, that's going to be a massive, massive overachievement. I mean, f- they finished 8th last season. They finished 8th the season before. Going from there straight to champions is 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 not easy. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And uh, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from Arsenal or Arteta or the squad or anything. Like, they're, they're doing a fantastic job. But I, I'm really keen to see how they follow it up next season, if, if at all they do win the title this season. Because... We know that Manchester City will strengthen, even though at this point I don't really know where they can strengthen, but we know they will. We know that they're going to be in another title charge next season, and I'm, I'm just interested to see how that carries forward. And, you know, it's, it's, it's actually interesting to me that you've asked me this question because you just said that Arsenal have massively overachieved going from 8th place to 1st place. The question that I have for you is, is this all just circumstantial? Like... Is Arteta actually defying his critics and doubters? Or is he benefiting from circumstances surrounding the other clubs? Manchester City are slipping up time and again, but they're not that far behind. They're like, what, five points behind, I think, at this point. Liverpool are nowhere in the picture. Chelsea are nowhere in the picture. Are they just, are they just making the best out of the current situation? 
It could be, but then you have that sort of scenario play out in different ways in almost every season, I feel, in, in you know, to, to some degree or the other. Manchester City have slipped up, and yeah, by the way, they have played an extra game, so potentially Arsenal could be seven or eight points clear if they win their next game. So um, it is it is a significant lead at the top. I feel whatever Arteta has done uh, has been a systematic process to bringing this team to optimal potential. He's had a young squad. It's it's not been giving uh, you know things like giving Odegaard the captaincy right out of nowhere. Right, taking it away from Xhaka. There are so many other senior players in the team, but he gave it to Odegaard, who's 23, 24, right? Um, cast away by Real Madrid, unfortunately, uh, at a very, very young age. He was supposed to be this young phenom, but the next big thing, yeah, absolutely. And 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 now he's 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 almost like Arteta reincarnated at Arsenal, right? Because Arteta came from Rangers in a similar situation and ended up becoming an Arsenal captain, nowhere nowhere as successful as maybe Odegaard might be at the end of the season, you know, winning a Premier League title, but... Didn't Arteta come from Everton? Um, oh, yeah, he started off at Rangers, sorry. Yeah, he, he came from oh, Everton, okay. but he started off his career at Rangers. So, relatively unknown, you know, that's that's kind of what I was getting at. But, um, but yeah, Odegaard, um, if he does end up lifting that trophy at the end of the season, it's, it's going to be a masterstroke from him. Uh, Saka and Katia are just looking unstoppable. I mean, they look like Henri and fucking Bergkamp right now. It, it, I mean, it, it, it pains me to say, but they are just they they don't have the physique and kind of the 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 the, the dominant attitude. They're just so soft spoken and really calm about it. But they they're just lethal when it comes to that you know finishing games off or finishing teams off. Yeah, and you've got. Yeah, to- I agree. And and. I just want to point out, like, one of the things about Saka that, for me personally, is, like, ridiculously impressive is that this is someone who, in the Euros, was tasked with taking the final penalty for England, which, unfortunately, he missed and England were knocked out. That was a very massive burden for a kid of his age to take up, but he still did it. He dealt with the consequences of it. And he's just kept growing from that point forward. And I think it really shows how mentally strong this guy is and how dedicated he is. He's just gone from strength to strength from a moment that honestly a lot of young players would have crumbled at or struggled to recover from. And that to me is just ridiculously impressive about him. Yeah, and and forget about Arsenal for a second. I mean, look at look at him with England at the World Cup. I mean, he this was, you know, this was either a chance for him to redeem himself or for the demons to come back, right? And and he was unstoppable. I feel yeah, I feel he was in phase him even for a second. Yeah, absolutely. And and coming back to Arsenal, I think post World Cup, obviously Jesus, who was kind of their linchpin really in terms of signings, and Zinchenko, I believe, are both or have been injured for a significant period of time post-World Cup. So, again, you know, this is an Arsenal squad that don't have two marquee signings that they kind of stole from Manchester City. Um, and and they're still performing at their very best. The only downside, though, I think that's a double-edged sword, really. If, to your point, they, ha- they want to keep dominating the league year on year, you know, lo- looking at next season, they've really got to strengthen on the bench. I think they've they've got to 
pristine starting 11 who are highly motivated to become champions and then maybe go and defend their crown next year. But yeah, they, they, they really need some bench strength. I mean, it, it just goes to show you that they are actively looking out for that. Like they know that they need to do that. You can see it from their uh, recruitment right now. Or I, I know some people might say it's a lack of recruitment, but like we saw what happened with the whole uh, Mudrick or Mudrick or however you say yeah. it. Yeah. We saw we saw how that whole saga unfolded, and but they got Trossard, right? In, they got they got Leandro Trossard at the end of it. They did, and I, I I don't know how to compare him to Mudrick or Mudrick. How, how do you say his name? Mudrick is what I've heard, what but did, okay, okay, I don't know how he would compare to Mudrick. <laughs> you I I said Mudrick. You don't need to. Oh, eat. Mudrick. All right, Mudrick. Okay, Mudrick. I don't know how Trossard will compare to him, honestly, but with Trossard we know we're getting someone who has Premier League experience, has troubled quite a few of the big teams in the Premier League as well. I think he's a good signing. I don't know what the uh, issue was behind the Mudrik deal and why that collapsed and went in Chelsea's favor, but it is what it is. We see them trying to strengthen even with the Brighton fellow who just put in his uh, transfer request. How do you say his name? Caicedo? Is that, is, Caicedo? It, is that the guy okay. you're talking about? Did I say about? that right? I don't, I don't know. There's so many Brighton players on their way out. It's just hard to keep track of who's actually leaving. But but to your point, I think Trossard, I would go ahead and say great deal. Like 27 million. We ended up paying almost 80 million for Mudrik. I mean, Mudrik. I guess, you know, seven-year contract and he's only 21. Fine. And and, and he, look, he looks he looks the part. He looks the part, to be honest. I'm, I'm super excited. And I really feel like he's going to be... The next Christian Pulisic. The next Aiden Hazard. I, I I really think so. I mean, I've I've. It's been a while since I've since I've got Hazard vibes from anyone at Chelsea. Uh, anyone putting on that shirt. So yeah, excited for that. But coming back to Trossard, I think I think he has the kind of big game mentality and the attitude to become another Alexis Sanchez. And and I mean the Arsenal Alexis Sanchez. The good Alexis the Sanchez. The good Alexis Sanchez, exactly. Yeah. Not not the shit that followed when he left Arsenal, right? When 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 Sanchez was at his peak, he was unstoppable. And, he was good. And I feel Trossard's going to be similar. Okay, so, so once and for all, let me ask you this. Can Arsenal win the title? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I would I would pip them to be champions. Okay. I I I still can't call it, if I have to be very honest with you. I still can't call it. I don't know what's gonna happen. I want to say Arsenal, uh simply because It's in their hands, it, right? They they have to screw up hands. for City to win. It's in their hands. But at the same time, I want to say Manchester City simply because I don't know any Manchester City fans who can actually be annoying about it, but I do know quite a bit of Arsenal supporters who who will be incredibly annoying about it. They're going to so, be crawling you know, out of the woodwork. Yep. So, you know, sort of a mixed bag there. But uh, yeah, I mean, if I really had to make a choice, I'd say, I'd say Arsenal for the title, which conveniently brings us to who we think are going to be the losers, the people who are finishing in second, Manchester City. So... What do you think it is? Are they are they not clicking? Uh, you know, are they not able to win games convincingly because just something is a little bit off, personnel-wise or tactically, or are they just doing what they've done in recent seasons and that is just lie in wait to steal the title at the last second? 
So part of me thinks that saying Arsenal as my full season prediction will mean that they actually end up losing because we never get anything right here on the Pitch Life podcast, right? Oh, so I'm really shit, hoping yes. that reverse psychology works. But you you do you do make a good point. I think Manchester City have this this um, X factor in them where they just suddenly seem to galvanize the whole team after a run of really bad results and then and then go on what like a 19 match winning run or something um they haven't managed to do that so far and i do think that it is down to some of the some of their main big game players not turning up like kevin de bruyne for example you would never see kevin de bruyne going under the radar in more than say a game or a game and a half right and I yeah. I haven't heard anything about KDB doing his usual demonish things on the football pitch for 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 at least about four or five games now. I mean, other than Erling Haaland, who's banging them in as usual, I don't think anyone else is really uh, starred in in build up play, right? And which is which is what City's about. Yeah, and and that's just what I'm kind of having a hard time figuring out. Is this is this is this just a case of it's not meant to be for Manchester City this season? Or do they actually have issues under the surface that just haven't bubbled up yet for whatever reason? You know, So it will really be interesting to see how they get on with it for the remainder of the season. It's crazy to think that um, if Manchester City do pull off the impossible here and pip Arsenal, um, Pep Guardiola will equal what no other... Premier League manager barring one has ever done, which is win the Premier League three times in a row. Only Alex Ferguson holds that record. And that's Sir Alex Ferguson. Oh gosh. Sir Alex Ferguson has won three Premier Leagues in a row. But imagine how poetic it is that Arsenal are the team to stop Manchester City doing a favor for Manchester United. It just, it just, oh, it, and not just, not just Manchester United, but Sir Alex Ferguson's Manchester. United. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the, the spirit of Wengo is alive and well at the Emirates. Absolutely, he's not dead. I know, but like, <laughs> I'm just saying. Now, you mentioned Holland, right? Like, do we, do we really need to talk about Erling Holland? I mean, or have we already said everything we can about him? I don't know. I mean, he's there. He's always there. He's ready to tap in and head a ball. He's going to score goals. He's going to get hat-tricks. He's going to break every single record held by every single Premier League striker. He's already he's already golden boot for the last 8 seasons. You know that, right? Yeah. Like yeah. and and four more. You know, it's it's yeah. not and and like the fastest to get like a hat-trick of hat-tricks or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Owen but, took like yeah. 49 games. He's done it in 19, which is which is absolutely crazy. I mean, uh, Rude Van Nistelrooy took like 30 something games. Exactly. So. so, it's 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 just crazy. I mean, he he it it just goes to show how, you know, people underestimated how he would adapt to the Premier League. Kind of like his manager because people thought Guardiola, you know, he could win everything in Spain. Probably can't do the same thing with uh, long ball England and came in, came here and passed his way to what what is it four or five Premier League titles four or five whatever it is right now yeah so I don't know I mean Haaland yeah he's he's probably individually I think he's gonna have a brilliant he already has had a brilliant season I don't think he could he could get injured tomorrow and not play a single game after this point and still be the best player in the league um, but unfortunately. I don't think that'll do City any good because uh, unless they can have a 
few more players step up. Like Edison, he's been terribly out of form. I think he had two massive howlers against, um, I can't remember who it was, but basically gifted goals there. Um, yeah, and, and really... I, I kind of want to stop you for a second because of what you just said, right? That Erling Haaland could be injured and he would still be the best player in the Premier League this season. So do you really believe that? Do you really believe that Erling Haaland is the best player in the Premier League this season? I know that his his goal-scoring attributes speak for themselves, but does that automatically make him the best player in the Premier League? He's the best in his position, I feel. I mean, it's it's hard to predict who the best player in the league is going to be. I mean, many people would say Bukayo Saka, right? Um, it's Odegaard. Odegaard, exactly. So all-round players, it's really hard, and I'm 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 not going to make that prediction now because it's just going to be take us into another take us down another rabbit hole. So I'm I, I'm not going to go there. But I feel like Haaland is for what he does and for what he was brought into this league for, I think he does that better than anyone else. He does that better than the veterans of this league, like your Harry Kane's and your Jamie Vardy's and, and, and you know, people who have been around and, and, and Mo Salah as well, to be honest, because these are the guys who've been doing it season after season for the last five, six years. And he just comes in new league and, you know, treats it like a farmer's league, basically, right? He, he, he has come and excelled instantly. No one thought he would have, even after all of his exploits in the Bundesliga, I don't think anyone f- thought that he would hit four hat-tricks in his first 20 games. That's, yeah. it's, it's just been That's fair. insane. That's fair. Let's, you know, let's, let's move on from Manchester City because I feel like over the course of this podcast, we've said pretty much everything we've ever had to say about them or anything that we ever possibly could. Let's let's look at their nearest cousins. How about we put it that way? Let's let's look at their nearest cousins in the Middle East, Newcastle United. Oh right. Okay. Right. All right. I was I who, was who I was wondering where you were going about? with this, but okay. Newcastle United sitting pretty in third place. Uh in my opinion, uh, unexpected. I mean we knew that they would uh recruit heavily, recruit well. We knew they would uh, make their way to the top of the table. I don't think uh, we expected them to be in the conversation for the Champions League at any point, right? But here they are. I mean, they're they're in third place. Eddie Howe is working his magic. And yeah, like, is, is this is this again Newcastle being up there on merit? Or like Arsenal, they're just benefiting from the other teams pretty much shitting the bed? I think there's a method to this madness here. I mean, Eddie, you've got to ask Eddie how, right? Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, that, that was, was a, that was a bad joke. That was you, uh, you gloss over that. Let's let's just let's just punch that into the into the trailer, should we? Um, but yeah, no, no, but but honestly, Eddie, how are you doing it? Seriously, like like he, this man, I I'm a massive fan. You already know that, right? I I I love this guy. If there's any manager I wanted to take over at Chelsea, other than Graham Potter because we, obviously we have him now, would have been Eddie Howe. And I would have taken him any day of the week. This this man has basically, what he did with Bournemouth was incredible, but what he's doing with Newcastle now is stuff of legends, really. And I think that Eddie, what Eddie Howe has done with this team is a lot more systematic in terms of performance than what Arteta has gotten away with. I think I think you could attribute Arsenal to a bit of luck at the top of the table, but Newcastle coming from 18 months ago, almost relegated, 
to 11th place last season to third this season and going really strong. I I would I would bet on them staying in the top five at least. So that's the, that's definite guaranteed European football for next season. That but you don't you don't think that they would finish top four. Uh, I mean, it's it's paradoxical to think that other teams can catch up and Newcastle can still stay there, right? I mean, I mean they both can happen. So I would I would think that teams who are used to being in the top four, like your Tottenham's and 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 so on, can rally back a lot easier than it is to stay in the top four, which is where Newcastle are. So I would think Newcastle would probably drop down, but no lower than fifth for me. Interesting. I that's just the thing, right? Like it's it with both Arsenal and Newcastle, I really don't know how to feel because I do think that they're benefiting from the other teams messing it up. Nothing I mean take, taking away nothing from what they've accomplished so far this season, but it would have definitely been a much harder uh, achievement to be in first and be in third if you had a uh, a well-firing Liverpool squad or a well-playing Chelsea squad in the mix as well, right? Because uh, fundamentally, I think that Chelsea and Liverpool both have better squads than Arsenal and Newcastle. For sure. But that being said, Eddie Howe is definitely working his magic over there. I mean, when you look at Newcastle, they are ridiculously steady and solid at the back. Stingy. Stingy as hell. Yeah. Just, I mean... They don't leak goals. Nick Pope is doing a fantastic job as the goalkeeper. Kieran Trippier is proving why he was a first choice for England ahead of, you know, like Trent Alexander-Arnold, for example. So, yeah, I think I think they've got a good squad. They've put together a good squad for the season. But I really do feel like their attack is where they're kind of being let down. I mean, they're they're scraping through a lot of their games. They're not they're not winning them as convincingly as one might think. There, there's, I don't think there's any fear of them conceding goals. It's just more of a concern of how they're going to score them. But that's how I see it, right? It's the, it's the age-old saying, attacks win you games, defenses win you titles. Uh, I, I remember this really funny story with Mourinho when Mourinho assembled his first Chelsea sort of 04, 05 squad he was adamant that um, he needed at least six players in the squad, in the, in the starting 11, who were six feet or taller in height. And I think in the sec- during his second spell, when he came back to Chelsea, he had, what, John Terry, Ter- uh, Cahill, Petr Cech, you know, who, who were like rocks at the back. And, and if you look yeah. at, if you compare that with the Newcastle back line, I think they've, they've got people like Dan Byrne, who's like massive, massive dudes, right? Fabian Schaar, Sven Botman. Yeah, all massive. Jamal Lasales, uh, Trippier, like you mentioned. And then obviously Nick Pope behind them. And, and I, can, I can imagine why it's a daunting task for any team to, to really break them down. And it and it sort of puts less pressure on the attack that may be misfiring, but all, all, all the attack needs to think is we need to score one goal. That That's all we need to start with. I mean, we don't need to score four to be able to win this match because our defense is shit. Our defense will take care of the back. Succeed, yeah. We just need to find one goal, one route to goal, which is, which is you know, which, which makes all the difference for me. There was... Another interesting thing I was thinking about. So 
they've spent heavily in this in this transfer window and the and the last one but if you think about it Eddie Howe's Newcastle are very much Mark Hughes Manchester City I mean you you said they were close cousins but you know based on who who owns them right but Newcastle are very much still in the Mark Hughes um, very early on, Robinho, Stephen Ireland kind of phase that Manchester City have. This was before they got their big hitters in, right? Before they really yeah. flexed their financial muscle. And all of your Bruno Guimaraes and your and your um, Kieran Trippiers and Almirons, they're 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 the primer set, right? They're they're, they're, they're the Stephen Irelands of Newcastle. Exactly, exactly. And it's scary. It's frightening to think that this is what they can do with their precursor set. Imagine when they get the finished article, when they get those real blockbuster signings in, and it, it is going... I mean, I, 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 I heard they were bidding for Pulisic, um, and, and although he, he has been pretty average at Chelsea, I think he could be an amazing signing for Newcastle, primarily because I really want us to earn some money and not just spend £600 million. <laughs> pounds, but, but, but yeah, I, I mean, um, besides that, he could be an amazing player for Newcastle. And, and, and imagine when they, get, when they start to get that caliber of, of footballers into the club. They, they, they are going to be a daunting prospect. I think what really scares me about this Newcastle team is not just the fact that they have the financial ability to go out and buy any player, it's that they're buying players smartly, right? They're looking at people like Christian Pulisic, who isn't really in the frame at Chelsea, but like you said, has incredible talent. Exactly. They're, They're not just going for like, oh, we're going to go in and bring in, you know, this this best player from Spain. We're not going to go for a Pedri or, you know, like a Vinicius or something. They're going for Christian Pulisic, who, who still can do a ridiculously good job. Can right? do a good job, can improve the team in the right system, can be a match winner. And yeah. they could get him on the steal because they know Chelsea don't want him. Exactly. But, you know, you know which team I feel will really be afraid of Newcastle? I'll give you a hint. It's not Liverpool because Liverpool don't fucking buy anyone. But... Do you know which team is going to be really afraid of Newcastle? Chelsea? I don't know. Manchester City. How do you say? I mean, don't don't you see Newcastle as the biggest contender to Manchester City's dominance over the next few seasons? I mean, they definitely have a, a fantastic manager up there. They have uh, the financial might to go and sign whoever they feel like. Uh, you know, arguably even more financial might than Manchester City themselves. And they've already started making their way up the Premier League without even breaking a sweat financially. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and it's, it, and it's not even about out-muscling clubs to buy players. It's out-muscling clubs to buy clubs. I, I, I heard somewhere that the Saudi consortium was bidding for a couple of other clubs, including Manchester United, I think, but then that that eventually took a different turn. But they're 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 almost pinning clubs against each other in the Premier League. That's that's the kind of financial might they've got to actually absorb whole clubs, not just players. So if they really obviously dedicate their resources to Newcastle at the moment, who knows where they'll end up? I mean, you I think. Going back to uh, that episode we did on Newcastle, you said they'd be lifting the Premier League title in five years. I said it would be more like 10. Mm. I still think that's the case. I'll I'll stick by my prediction, but they're going to be 
there and thereabouts, like first and, you know, between first and third for the next few years. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just can't wait for the day when Manchester City supporters are complaining about how there's a lot of money in the Premier League Perhaps. and how there are teams <laughs> that can just go about spending it however they feel like. That's coming. Because you know that day is coming. That is definitely coming. And and even speaking speaking of money, I think the one thing Newcastle have is good alignment between the board and the manager. I mean, it's something that I am screaming for at Chelsea I, I, because I want we've to, got... I want to interrupt you there and say it's not just board and manager, it's board, manager and recruitment because as we're seeing at Liverpool, you need all three. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's the same at Chelsea. I mean, we don't have anyone in recruitment. That's 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 probably our problem. But well, to be fair, you don't have anyone in management either. It's just Todd Bowley signing whomever he sees on exactly. FIFA or on on Twitter or whatever the case may be. Exactly. Um so yeah, uh they are headed they're headed to the big big leagues, Newcastle. Now, since we're on the topic of money and how clubs spend money well, or at least on the surface, look like they're spending money well. Let's take a look at another club that has spent a good amount of money, but hasn't spent it well, right? I'm talking about one club, Manchester United. They're fourth. Ten Hag came in over the summer, acted like a real manager should, I guess, and everyone decided to, oh, you know, fall in line behind him. He now has the Except club... Except a few. I mean, there there are always some. But they're gone now, so... Yeah. Now, Ten Hag has the club looking upwards and forwards, I guess. You know, whichever, whichever, whichever one is more apt. Do you think the fans can expect a positive end to the season? And when I mean a positive end to the season, I mean a top four finish. I don't know about top four because it's it's getting incredibly congested with all these predictions of ours as to who's going to finish in the top four. It's like it's like we have seven teams finishing in the top four. So I don't I yeah I just I just can't pick right now. So it's 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 more my lack of um, it's more my hesitation to pick which team will finish there. I think United are on a good run. They've swiftly and stealthily under the radar. You know, managed to get into top four when no one really expected them to. From where they started when Ten Hag took over, I think it's been a world of change. Again, one of those Arsenal-type overachievements, if you will. Um, like you said, you know, he's he has them looking upwards now. He's removed the sort of negative elements from last season and this one. Um, you mean Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, the Ronaldo element, essentially the negative element. I, I was, I was being diplomatic, but yeah, you know what? Fuck him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's out of the club. So you know, because we, we all know Messi is the greatest of all time now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, because of that, uh, why is he? He, he won something recently, didn't he? I can't, I can't quite remember. But yeah, that's probably why. I guess um, Ten Hag is is doing wonders. I think um, just, just look at Marcus Rashford. I mean, he was a he was a shadow of a player last season. He he probably was on the verge of leaving United, just like half the squad. But now he's a you know man re-energized. He in he's in the purplest of purple patches, if you will, right? Uh, what is he? He has a goal contribution for the last twelve consecutive games yeah, something, or something. something it's like that. insane, yeah. insane. Like uh, something he's never done, I think, in his career. Even when he first broke into the squad, when he was probably at the peak of his powers, right? That's mind-blowing stuff, and it, it, it yeah, he's he's really managed to align the squad um, 
on his philosophy and his way to play i think um and they've and they've now reaping the benefits because um they were they were second weren't they at some point i think a couple of weeks ago i think uh, uh other results have had them slot into fourth as of this yeah. game week but uh, they they were you know mounting I, I a title was, challenge very very stealthily yeah i think it was right before the arsenal game because i remember a lot of the united supporters on social media were talking about how they're going to have a title challenge but i think that fizzled out as quickly as it uh, began i mean imagine that 6 months ago us us trying to predict an arsenal versus manchester united title challenge that yeah, that would yeah. have been that yeah that, that we would have been out of our minds to say that i mean i guess it really goes to show you how far you can go when you don't have Ole behind the wheel. Yeah, that's true. That is, that is... Uh, Which, I, I have to be honest, I miss those days. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah for, for Manchester United and their supporters, yeah, it's definitely a, a massive uh, upgrade. Yeah, I mean, who are, who are we to talk, right? We're, we're kind of the mid-table mediocrity at the moment, Liverpool and Chelsea. For so now. for now. Uh, yeah, we're at the moment, we've just got to look up and I guess appreciate, uh, what's happening. I mean, that being said, we would, we would all be comfortable, I think, if Manchester City won the title, even Liverpool for that matter, because, you know, that's, that's kind of the norm we're used to. It's like, okay, great. No one else came up the ranks. Yeah. It's comfortable that City wins because they're supposed to win. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think if City did win, we, (laughs) I don't think anyone would complain. Now, now we all know that United are kind of, uh, I, w- I don't know if I should call it turmoil because United have always been in turmoil for like the past many seasons, right? But we all know that there's something going on behind the scenes with the owners and like the sale of the club or, or up until now, I guess you could say the lack of the sale of the club. Um, I don't know what the latest on that is. You know, one week it's an American consortium that's linked. The next week it's... Uh, a Qatari investment fund that is uh, linked. They put out a joint statement with uh, one of the Liverpool supporters groups about how they want uh, responsible uh, owners, both ethically and financially, to be in charge of their clubs. Do you think that this could sort of be an unwanted distraction that happens off the field, something that could potentially jeopardize United season? Because we know that they haven't gotten new owners in yet. We know there's not going to be any new money coming into the club to have an impact. To have an impact in in this transfer window. But do you think that that's just something that could, you know, maybe derail their focus as we head into the second half of the season? I guess the last, you know, 20-odd games will tell. Um in my opinion, there can't be a bigger distraction that can derail a club than Cristiano Ronaldo and his tantrums that he threw last season and this season. So if they've got past that and survived that and come through that alive, I feel they, they this, this is going to be less of a problem for them, uh, at least in terms of on-field performance. Interesting, interesting. Okay, you know what? We've been going on for for a good amount of time right now. I think it's about time we wrapped up this episode. I want to hear your final thoughts, your, uh, let's just say, your updated predictions. How do you think the season is going to end having witnessed the first half of the season? So let's hear it. I know you said that we've got a lot of teams finishing in the top four. Let's hear it once and for all what your top four is going to be. You know, I'm going to have a lot of 
ties or I can't choose between the two nope, here, right? Nope. You, 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 you can't have a lot of ties. <laughs> we, we, we've outlawed those. You, you've got to pick. It's going to be only one team, no ties. Don't, don't give me any bullshit of, well, they're going to finish the same on goal difference. I don't care. I want. Well, there well, can only be one champion. So, you know, that's, it's, it's not from that point of view. Um, because you're going to be unfair to me and not let me choose two teams per position because I can't make my mind up. I'm going to go Arsenal to be champions. Again, pains me to say, but hey, there's I I feel they deserve it. If it's if there's one season where I would credit or compliment Arsenal, it's this one. So, Arsenal champions, Manchester City to miss out maybe by a couple of points at the end. By one point. I really hope it's one point. I want them to know what it feels like. Why why stop there? Just let them let them lose on goal difference. You know, because you've been there. I'm sure. I mean, yeah, there's been that as well. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just been one point. Um, Arsenal champions, Manchester City to finish in a close second, Man United third, and Tottenham fourth with Newcastle fifth. And the only reason I, I, I know you asked me for top four, but the reason I included Newcastle is because they, they need a massive shout out. I, I don't, I think they may tail off at the end, but I had to mention them because that, that you know, what they've done is incredible and finishing fifth for them was needed a shout out for sure. I have no idea what sort of a Chelsea supporter you are when you're so optimistic about Arsenal and Spurs in, in the same breath, but, uh, well, yeah. I guess it really goes to show you how bad stuff is at Stamford Bridge. Well, or or just how bad our predictions are on this podcast, like I mentioned. So I'm really keeping my fingers crossed for that reverse psychology to kick in. All right, then. I'm, I'm going to go along with your first top two, right? Like, I, I, I think Arsenal will finish as champions. What? Man- Not Liverpool as champions? Come on. No. What I mean, kind of Liverpool? Be... Oh, let me let me throw the question back at you. What kind of Liverpool support are you if you don't think they'll be champions from here? Look, I'm I'm not an unrealistic person. All right. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I'm not. I'm not. I think it's going to be Arsenal first. I don't think Liverpool can win it from here. Manchester City are going to be second. Newcastle, I think, will finish third. And I think Liverpool will finish fourth. Like I said at. You know, earlier on in the episode, I think they have what it takes to go on a run of form. They just need to click, which I know I've said like four or five times this season already. But when they do, they're going to go on a run of form because they're not that far behind. They're just 10 points behind. We know that we can, we know that they've done it in a title race where they've been, what was it, 12 or 13 points behind City and then took it to the last day of the season. I'm going to go Liverpool fourth. Manchester United 5th, Brighton 6th, and Spurs 7th. I know you didn't ask me for anything beyond the top four, but, you know, I just wanted to round it out a bit nicely. Well, you didn't, but, yeah, I get your point. I think, I think Brighton, Brighton are a good shout-out as well. I mean, they'll be, they'll be, they'll be somewhere in there. I don't, I don't really know where, I, and I was too lazy to count them into the top six. So, yeah, but they'll, but they'll be there as well for me. Okay, so that's our top four. And well, that brings us to the end of our episode. If you're still listening, we hope you enjoyed the episode. We hope you come back for our next episode, which is going to come out soon, hopefully. If you like what you hear, spread the word on social media. Follow us on 
whatever social media you choose. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. We're not on TikTok because that's for little girls. Um, yeah, you can find us on any of the podcast uh, platforms you like. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. If Google still has a podcast platform, I don't even know anymore. But yeah, spread the word and we hope you join us again next time. Cheers.